You are now listening to The Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry. This is episode number 25. Thanks for listening to The Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry, here to help educate, motivate, and put you on the right path to take control of your health through weekly discussions on topics in the medical field, public health arena, and in your community. And now your host, Dr. Barry. Welcome to the Lunch and Learn today with Dr. Barry. Today we're going to be talking about domestic violence and teen violence as well, teen dating violence in particular. We're going to be giving some facts and figures. If you want any of the show notes or any of the facts and figures that we're going to be talking about in today's presentation, please go to drpiersblog.com forward slash LLP025. Again, if you want any of the notes from today's Lunch and Learn, please go to drpiersblog.com forward slash LLP025. Now let's get ready for another great episode. All right, so let's, let's get this thing started. Um, again, introduce myself. Again, first of all, thank you for all the replay viewers who will be watching later on today. Thank you for all my live viewers who are going to be um, uh, getting on. Today we are talking about domestic violence, uh, an important topic, of course, uh, especially being the father of two uh, daughters and a son. Um, definitely uh, definitely important to want to kind of talk about this. And I wanted to kind of give my perspective on the um, the physician aspect of it. Uh, and you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna give some numbers out to kind of uh, kind of uh, you kind of highlight you know why the physician is so important um, uh, in, in this endemic here. So let's so we're gonna talk about in general we're gonna talk about domestic violence and then we'll kind of move on uh, to uh, the teen uh, dating violence as well because again both are equally important and both um, uh, you know affect a great number of people here. So just kind of you know we're throwing some numbers out here. Uh, the Mexican violence most common uh, among women between ages of 18 and 24. Uh, only, but only 34% of those who are injured actually will go to receive uh, medical care, and I think you know that's that that's important. Um, one because I don't believe only 34% actually go to the doctor because you know when they see your medical care, you may be thinking just like the ER visit. Um, but I, I think a lot of them are actually coming to see the doctor. But I think from a primary care standpoint, um, I think a lot of the primary and I, you know, I will take this, you know, I'll take this one for the team. I think we're not asking uh, the right question. Um, I, I, I don't think we're asking enough questions in general, but I don't think we're asking the right questions. And uh, a big thing with patient care, and I've talked about this, is trust. If if patients don't feel, you know, at 100 percent ease with you to kind of tell you uh, all of their problems and not just the problems that may, you know, be like, you know, I have a cold or you know, I need my blood pressure medication. But if they don't have uh, that trust to really want to tell you everything, they're never going to. And I, I can tell you, I'll just do a quick story. I, I had a patient in my practice um, about a year ago so who came in. I probably saw her maybe three or four times for just very vague you know, complaints that didn't really, you know, make any sense, especially from a medical perspective. Um, and I, I just felt like something was kind of burdening her. And I, you know, I just asked her, you know, and I, you know, I, like I asked all my patients, I said, well, you know, how, how was everything doing? And I think from a physician standpoint, that's, that's uh, one of the, our most important questions, right? Because we don't do enough open-ended questions to kind of give patients that room uh, to open up for us. A lot of us is, 
Are you taking your medication? You know, are you are you seeing this so and so doctor? Um, are you doing this test? It's like either yes or no, but we're not really opening up to a lot of open ended questions a lot of times because you know from a time standpoint we're trying to get you know from one patient to the other. Um, so you know, I I asked that question and almost immediately you can see, especially after the third visit, um, you can kind of see her just start breaking down tearing. And you know, she started telling me about the abuse at her. Um, and fortunately, she was she was um, she wasn't uh, with her husband at the time. Um, like it wasn't at the doctor's appointment. You know, she started telling me about uh, the abuse that she gets at home. Uh, you know, physical abuse. She started showing me pictures. She started um, talking about the the mental, the emotional abuse that she kind of goes with on a day to day basis. And she would use these doctor's appointments as the way to kind of, you know, get away from that environment, whether it be for. 30 minutes to an hour, but that was kind of her way to kind of escape. And uh, fortunately, um, I was able to kind of get a lot of information out of her, and we were able to kind of get her the help uh, that she needed. And very, even to this day, we're very fortunate because um, I, saw, I saw her a couple months ago, and she's doing extremely well uh, because of it. Uh, but I think that's what's going on missing. So when I see when I see a number like only 34% receive care, like I really don't believe that only 34% are actually going uh, to get care. I just think that when they go, uh, to see the doctor, um, they're not, you know, that the doctor isn't giving them that opportunity uh, to really say, you know, what problems uh, are, are happening. So I, I, I would definitely wanted to implore this post uh, to really focus on, you know, certain signs and symptoms that, you know, as physicians we should be looking for, um, uh, you know, to try to get some of this information out of there. I, I think as, you know, as a primary care physician, you know, we, we, we're always getting, you know, colds. We're always getting blood pressure management and all these, you know, different managements of cares. Um, but a lot of times we don't really ask how our patients are doing in general. We're not really asking, you know, how, you know, how is life? We're not asking how is work. We're not asking how is uh, the family stressors that they're dealing with. Um, and I, again, I know one we talked about um, is from a time aspect, but I think the secondary is that we you know we um, aren't doing a good enough job kind of building that trust there. And as a physician, you know, you have to start that from the first appointment. Um, you have to establish uh, a sense of uh, almost like a sanctuary when they come into your office so they feel uh, comfortable telling you anything uh, when, when, it, when it does arise. Um, so, and again, so I think physicians, you know, we have to be, you know, first and foremost, we have to be very honest with ourselves. Are, you know, are we doing enough um, to even, you know, get some of these numbers down? Again, one in three women and one in four women have been physically abused by an intimate partner. Um, average 20 people are abused by intimate partners every minute. 20 people every single minute. Um, the domestic uh, victimization is correlated with higher rates of depression and suicidal behavior. A lot of us are seeing patients with anxiety. A lot of us are seeing patients with depression. Uh, but what's the last time uh, we've asked how, how is there any problems with their relationship just in general? A lot of us don't feel that we have that um, legal room to ask that question. Uh, not even legal, legal room, but just, you know, that comfortability to ask it. I mean, uh, my patients know I got no problem if, you know, if something doesn't jive and I don't feel like something's right, I'm just going to directly ask it. Again, that's what you're, you're coming here for. And I, I have, and you can ask my office staff, I have more patients uh, leave my office teary-eyed, um, but happy, but teary-eyed uh, because, you know, for the first time they were able to kind of get, you know, some of their emotions out here. I have some patients who, when they come, uh, it's really to kind of vent out, talk, uh, you know, get as much as they can uh, so they can, you know, uh, move on with their day. And, uh, you know, I've, I'm happy to, to know that I've helped kind of establish um, you know, that um, uh, demeanor in my office. You know, I, I do have to thank my wife. My wife's a mental health counselor. So she's big on 
you know, making sure I understand like the mental aspect of it well. And honestly, um, and that's a great question. I think a lot of Amanda aren't really fit for it. I think um, from a physician standpoint, you know, our training has been is so individually focused, but it's so individually promise uh, like problem focused that, you know, we're not really thinking from a, a mental health aspect. Like how can the mental health be affecting the reason why this person is coming in? with anxiety? How could the mental health be the reason why this person may be coming in with depression? Um, a lot of us, you know, if we don't like physically see like bruised signs and if we don't physically see that, um, you know, we, we don't even chop it up as any issues going on. Um, so it's, I think it's definitely important from uh, the physicians to, you know, be very keen on, you know, patient demeanor, be very keen on uh, when patients come from one appointment to another. If you have a patient who's coming in multiple times and you're not really finding the answer, you know, in a lab test, you're not really finding the answer in an image test um, to really start asking these, you know, these more, you know, personal questions. Like, because again, you know, there's no point for you to be going down this rabbit hole of ideas and uh, differential diagnosis um, when the answer could literally be in your face. Again, um, a lot of patients, you know, they'll come to the doctor, you know, uh, because they know the doctor is someone who should be someone to kind of take care of this thing. But again, if the if that doctor doesn't make that next move to try to bring it out of them, um, it's not it's not going to occur. So definitely, you know, I, I think, you know, especially with a month like this where, you know, we're teen dating violence. And I'm actually going to touch on some teen dating violence numbers because I was I was, uh, you know, astonished as well. Uh, how prevalent that is. Um, definitely something that we need to uh, make a concerted effort on um, because we can't be depending on our mental health therapists to do all this work. We can't depend on. Um, our, you know, our patients, our victims um, who are experiencing this on a day in day basis uh, to have enough strength and courage to just walk up to the doctor and say, hey, I'm being, you know, uh, physically abused, mentally abused, emotionally abused. Uh, what can I do? Um, well, because, you know, the likelihood, of, again, 34 percent, the likelihood that happened is uh, not very good. Um, so I think we as physicians have to take um, a, an extra effort to, you know, pull out uh, some of this information. I think we have to. And I think the first thing for us is, you know, we just have to care. You know, if we if we care about our patients well-being, you know, these are questions that should just naturally come up. Um, if we care about our, you know, our patients, you know, depression, our patients' anxiety, if we if we see behavioral changes, um, we have to ask those types of questions because those questions, um, you know, could, you know, really mean, you know, life or death here. Um, uh, I'm seeing here the domestic violence accounts for 50 percent of violent crime every nine seconds in the U.S. Um, a woman is assaulted or beaten. I mean, these are numbers that should be so disheartening for us, right? And and I can tell you, we don't have we don't have enough mental health counselors. We don't have enough um, uh, mental health you know professionals in the world to kind of deal with this. So, and we already know this numbers already show us that uh, a patient is more likely to see their primary care doctor before they're going to see the mental health therapist. So again, we like I always say, we we are on the front lines of these things and. Um, if we're not doing what we're supposed to do, um, you know, to get them the care that they need, uh, you know, we're, we're, I think, you know, we're just as, as fault as, you know, um, the person who's doing uh, the problem. So, you know, definitely, you know, I, I want to kind of, you know, 
reiterate, you know, from for what we're touching on, um, you know, this is teen dating violence awareness month, but I definitely wanted to, I definitely wanted to make sure, we, you know, I kind of encompass domestic violence, um, and then you know, some signs and symptoms that we can kind of look for in the office, uh, uh, in, my, in the office setting, you know, when they come to see you. Um, in terms of like, you know, very vague complaints, you know, seeing you uh, three, four times in a very short time span, but really nothing that can point to why um, uh, that's happening. Changes in a behavior and mood, you know, after subsequent visits you had. I've had some patients where, you know, they're happy-go-lucky the first time they came to see me. And, you know, after the third, fourth visit, like they're a totally different person. Like that's when it's really something that we really have to go in, uh, you know, uh, full steam ahead to make sure that, um, you know, this may not be a medical issue, but, you know, how's home? How's the relationship is? Are you feeling safe? You know, I've had to ask a few patients, um, do they feel safe? Do they want me to call um, the police office? Uh, police officers from my office uh, for their partner. I've had, I've had to ask that um, uh, because again, again, if they if they don't feel that you're their primary advocate, they'll never come to you, uh, you know, to get uh, you know that help and get that information. Uh, so definitely, I I implore when I implore my 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 victims of domestic violence out there to understand that um, your primary care physician. Um, whether it be internist, whether it be an, an, an OB-GYN, family medicine physician, um, they are there. Uh, and even for my kids, even the, the pediatricians, um, they are there to, you know, help alleviate some of that stress. Um, so please feel free and please feel open uh, enough to talk to them. Because, um, again, that's, you know, that's what, we, you know, we're here for. In our regards, and you know, again, I I treat my office like your sanctuary. So you know, whatever you want to tell me, uh, will stay in this room here. You don't have to worry about um, it going. Again, I've 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 had to kick patients. I've had to kick spouses out of the rooms. I've kicked parents out of the rooms. Um, you know, when when you're coming to see me, this is your time here. So again, uh, definitely use. Uh, your 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 doctors um, uh, to your advantage uh, because you know we're here to help you know when we when we see uh, these numbers like this again domestic violence prevalent in every community affects every age every socioeconomic status uh, sexual orientation you know there's 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 no one who's not affected uh, by um, uh, the domestic violence um, so and unfortunately there's not enough mental health professionals uh, to treat everyone. Uh, there's not enough mental health professionals uh, to diagnose everyone. There's not enough mental health professionals to go out and seek the victims and help the victims. Um, and, you know, I, 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 I like to use myself as an extension of the mental health uh, community. Um, and I'm, I'm here to help as well. So please, uh, you know, if you're watching or you, you have a friend, you have a family member who you, who you know is going through, um, you know, very similar uh, situations, you know, please uh, tell them, you know, reach out. Uh, they, if, again, and I, I know there's a, a unfortunate negative connotation um, behind the mental health therapists um, and the mental health counselors in general, mental health period. Um, so if you don't you know, want to see a quote-unquote counselor, uh, go ahead and see uh, your doctor. Go ahead and see your pediatrician, your obstetrician, and you know, let them know, like, hey, you know, I'm not really um, coming in for a medical issue. I just wanted to talk, and these are what I wanted to talk about. And before I, before I leave, I do want to um, touch on, because, again, this is Teen Dating uh, Violence uh, Awareness Month as well. Fortunately, my, my kids are young. I don't have to worry about it yet. I got about, I got about, uh, I got about, oof. 
Oh my God, 14, 15 years uh, until I got worried about it. But you know, it's, it's so. Let's let's talk on some of these numbers again. This is crazy. Twenty um, percent female high school students. Um, and 14% of male high school students uh, reported being sexually abused. And the males, um, again, we've, we've talked on here before how my men feel invincible. Um, a lot of these, you know, it, it's, this is not just a female um, a problem, right? Uh, you know, domestic violence is not just a problem that only affects women. There's a lot of men who are affected by this as well. Um, uh, one in three women and one in four women have been physically abused by an intimate partner. One in five women and one in seven men have been um, severely physically abused. So again, uh, for the the men out here, um, you know, this is not just a problem for the women. Uh, men are being uh, physically abused, not at the rate uh, that women are, but they are. So again, and remember, you know, we have this machismo about us, so we try to act like you know there's there's you know there's there's nothing bothering us so uh you know please be on the lookout as well men men um do experience some of this as well um touching back on the teen dating violence uh 1.5 million high school students are physically abused by partners uh every year 1.5 million high school students i mean and it starts again and i, I like that we're, you know we're talking about the teens because a lot of us tend to think that uh this domestic violence stuff kind of happens you know once we start getting older uh you know and uh, if you're an abuser you've probably been abusing since you were a teenager uh, this isn't something that like just comes out the wazoo right um so this this is definitely something again especially for my uh you know uh, my parents uh, who have teenage daughters, teenage sons, definitely something you want to, you know, ask uh, your children uh, because it's co it's way more common than even I thought, right? 10% of teenage students in dating relationships coerced into sexual intercourse. 26% victims of cyber dating abuse, right? Like, And females are twice as likely as males to be victims of that. Um, you know, when you, when you see, uh, you know, people, um, you know, uh, putting out their exes, you know, uh, new photographs and stuff like that, you know, that's, that's cyber abuse, that's punishable by law, um, and fortunately, nobody uh, in my family has ever experienced that because I don't know what I would do um, if that was the case. 57% um, of teens know someone who's been physically, sexually, or even verbally abused in dating relationships. So again, these are numbers. These aren't like, and, and again, I'm all. This is from the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence, right? I'll post uh, to link uh, to the website um, after. Um, oh, in fact, you know, I can. Um, I'm just going to post a link to uh, their website right now. Just, and again, like I said, if if you know anyone or if, if you if you know anyone who's uh, you know been uh, abused by this, definitely something uh, very a great site to kind of point them information to, gives them phone calls to call and uh, people to contact um, in that regards. Uh, so again, this is you know this isn't a this isn't an isolated problem. You know this isn't uh, a thing that may that only affects certain people. You know everyone's affected um, and uh, affected, and you know we just have to be. Uh, mindful of like noticing the signs and symptoms again as a physician you know you know my job is noticing what signs and symptoms are there um you know that's a very good question because we definitely do hear about a very good question man asking about um are there uh, men's shelters out there i'd have to assume so i don't necessarily know off the top of my head i'm actually gonna 
do my homework right after I might get off this video. Because uh, we, we definitely always hear about the, the women's shelters, um, but we never really hear about them. And I'd have to assume that they are. And again, I think that kind of points to, it's very good because it actually points to, you know, even from a societal standard um, where society tends not to look at men in that light from a victim standpoint. Uh, which again, which what what does that reflexively do? That makes it so that men are less likely to go seek uh, that type of help, and they're less likely to even verbalize they even need the help. Um, so, yeah, very good question. I'm actually going to look that up, and um, I would, I would, I'll definitely answer that um, later today for the the comments uh, in that regard. So, again, you know, we we, we touched on um, you know domestic violence in the office. We touched on you know some tips and tricks to try to, especially from a physician standpoint, you know, try to elucidate, you know, is there something else uh, going on? Um, we talked about that trust thing, you know, that big T word uh, that's important in the doctor-patient relationship. And if it's not there, um, it's, I think it's probably the big reason why we're only getting, you know, 34% of people actually even going to seek help uh, because they don't even trust the, the professionals that are out there. Uh, you know, to, to get them from point A, uh, you know, to the point Z. Uh, so, again, and we, we talked about our teen dating uh, violence numbers, which is scary, um, which just points out that, you know, domestic violence is not an adult thing. It's something that happens at kids. They're, it's happening now uh, to kids. And um, until, you know, we're, until we can just, like, uh, you know, comfortably talk about it, um, it's going to keep on happening. It's going to keep getting swept under the rug over and over and over again uh, until the worst happens. Um, and uh, obviously, we want to get to the point where that doesn't uh, become the case. Uh, so again, uh, thank you guys for, as always, um, for uh, watching uh, today's Lunch and Learn. Again, a little bit um, uh, more of a dark mood, but that's okay. You know, like you know, it's again, it's not all peaches and cream uh, when you come to the doctor's office. So you know, I wanted to make sure we touch on everything and uh, this specifically especially because again I am I do have a master's in public health so this is from a public health perspective something I definitely want to make sure uh, that gets addressed and something that we definitely put out there um, definitely want to make sure that's something that we wanted to kind of get out get get out there and get information out there I did put uh, the website in my comments uh, National Coalition Against Domestic Violence um, again if you know anyone um, or if you're suffering from it, especially if you're watching this video, you know, and you, you know, some of these, uh, you know, things we talked about, you know, are affecting you. Um, you know, it's a great website. Um, it's anonymous, so you don't have to worry about no one, anyone finding out, you know, what, um, who you are, unless you want them to. Um, and there, and there is help out there for you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry. If you want to find out more about the episode, please go to www dot lunch learn pod dot com that's www dot l u n c h l e a r n p o d dot com for the show notes and any links that may have been mentioned in today's episode if you're interested in joining the lunch learn pod community head over to either the website lunch dot com or join us on facebook and twitter with the same username, Lunch Learn Pod. And again, you can find uh, all of these links on uh, the website. If you have any questions, any comments, or any requests for uh, topics to you know debut on the show, please let that be known. And don't forget to use uh, the hashtag Lunch Learn Pod when you're listening to the episode. Again, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to today's episode, and I'll see you next week.